My name is Jenny, and I'm a wife and mom raising two kids. But I used to live a more glamorous life as a TV reporter. I was on the nightly news interviewing pop stars and politicians. So when I said goodbye to TV and hello to motherhood, I suddenly discovered what we moms are up against. We live in a world that tells us to be rich and famous, thin and successful. You know, almost nobody says, oh, hey, you're a mom? That is fabulous. But you are fabulous, and I'm here to tell you why. It's Channel Mom with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you. today, Shell. Are you excited for our guest? A little bit. <laughs> okay, that would be R-E-S-P-E-C-T for our friend Aretha Franklin. Actually, the song written by a man. I was schooled on that by our upcoming guest. Look, I, I am always blessed to have Dr. Emerson Egerich with us. Most of the people in our audience are going to know him. He's from the Love and Respect fame, a New York Times bestseller, uh, a book that revolutionized marriage for a lot of people, uh, that essentially women need love, and we're talking about the classic kind of romantic love hugs and and sweet words and everything else and men need respect and and it's not always the case 100 percent of the time that you know a man totally wants respect and zero love and vice versa but it's pretty sound science you know so he's going to come on but he's not going to talk about just love and respect in a marriage he's going to talk about it in the family today um you know there there are definitely people out there that are very aware of his uh, theories and his philosophy but he always has something new to teach us so if you're having a struggle in your marriage, if you're having a struggle with a teenager or a toddler or an in-betweener, um, he's got sound advice for you. Welcome, Shelly Krause, to the show today. Thank you. Thank you. I love that it's for the family because eventually those kids are going to become husbands and wives. That's right. And that's part of the training that goes on. That's right. When you're raising your kids well. So two books uh, that he's at the helm of, Love and Respect, which is for the marriage, and then Love and Respect in the Family, obviously... Uh, for parenting and, and, and just the whole family dynamic. So it's good stuff, and, and we're always happy to have him on the show. So he's going to be here with us in just a moment. I do want to remind you that we're on channelmom.com. We have this growing following, which is really cool, because it's a slow build, and I can manage a slow build. <laughs> Doing it all by yourself has to be yeah. slow. Yeah, it has <laughs> to be slow. But, but I'm so honored when I hear moms say that something that we've done has helped them or something that they've seen or, or watched, usually by my guests. It's not necessarily me that has the wisdom. It's usually our guests. The that information, has, though, that yeah. we brought to them through Channel Mom. Yeah. It's a channel, literally. Right. A channel for, for what other people have to share with them by the grace of God, you know. So, Shelly, I've missed you. It's been months or something. I know. I'm glad so glad to be you're back. on the show. Yes. Alrighty. So, we are more than happy to welcome our friend, Dr. Emerson Eggeridge, to the Channel Mom Show, best selling author of Love and Respect and also Love and Respect to the Family. Welcome, Doctor. Thank you. Thank you. Was I enthusiastic enough for you today? Oh, incredible. <laughs> R E S P E C T. And you did mention it was Otis Redding, 1965 or thereabouts, released it as a single to his wife. And this young woman coming along, a soul queen, they called her, and they said, hey, that fits her rhythm. And so as I always say to the men in our conferences, the one song we had, men, <laughs> they took. Because <laughs> they needed a little love. Was that a relationship, a healthy relationship? Do you know? 
With Otis? Yeah. You know, that's a good question. No one's ever asked me that. But I know that he wrote it for her, and it was in that time, you know, take all my money. You know, in 1965, the women, the career, you know, wasn't. So you can see that the words don't fit if you pay attention to it. But he's basically saying take everything. But I just want a little R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Huh. But, uh, you know, I don't know. You know, I, uh, he was later killed um, in an uh, airplane accident, as I recall. But, um, yeah, anyway, just humor aside. I wanted to finish that story that you began with Thank so you. wonderfully. Thank you. Well, you don't know the interesting twist on that story. And by the way, now I'm going to Google Otis Redding and see how healthy his, if, if Google knows, how healthy his marriage was. But um, my son is named Otis, and my husband is a cultural rebel. He doesn't necessarily like to go along with what society says is cool. And so he wanted to find a unique name for our son who happens to be white. And, uh, and most of my girlfriends who are black say, why did you give your child a black child's name? Not that that is even true, but my husband heard mm-hmm. a o- Otis Redding song. And that was what inspired him to name our son Otis, just so you know. Wow. Isn't that great? <laughs> yeah, full cycle. Full circle, yeah. rather. Yeah. yeah. All right. Speaking of cycles, we need to get to your fabulous cycle, which has taught so many uh, people so much about love and marriage and, and family. Um, so why don't you, for the, for the sake of folks who have never heard it before, explain what you've discovered um, through the studies at, the, I believe, the University of Washington that, that you have learned about marriage that can also be applied to the family. Please just uh, expand on that theory. Well, actually, it doesn't have anything to do with the research uh, at the University of Washington insofar as the family's concerned. And actually, yeah. I got my Ph.D. in family studies, I did my dissertation on effective fathers, but I chose to wait to write the book Love and Respect in the Family until my children were adults and they could speak back into the book. Yeah. And actually, they're the three that endorse it. But I'm very excited about this because I could have written this before the, the marriage book because it's just serendipitous that it's love and respect because all children are commanded to honor father and mother. In Exodus 20, Jesus quotes it. Paul quotes it, honor father and mother. No child is commanded to love. And I remember as a little boy throwing myself down on the floor, and I didn't say to my parents, you know, you, you're not respecting me. I said, you don't love me. Yeah. And my parents didn't say, you're not being loving toward me right now. They're saying, you're not being respectful right now. So expositionally uh, and experientially, it comes down to this basic need in children for love, and everybody kind of knows that. And the number one problem in school with teachers is children don't respect, and uh, parents, our child isn't respecting, they're disregarding us, they're disobeying us. And thus was born the crazy cycle of family. When a child feels unloved, that child ends up reacting in a way that feels disrespectful to mom or dad. And when mom and dad feel disrespected, we have a tendency to react in ways that feels unloving to the child. So without love, child reacts without respect. Without respect, the parent reacts without love, and this baby starts to spin. And thus the family crazy cycle. And we've written this book on helping families get off of that. Right. But it does, and, and I didn't intro this very well, but it does relate to the love and respect in the marriage issue, which is, was kind of uh, proven by the University of Washington study. Is that not correct? Well, insofar as marriage, husband yeah. and wife, male and female, and how men and women filter it, it's serendipitous. It's coincidental. And maybe it's because it's just a basic human need. But love and respect at the University of Washington was discovered as the the two key ingredients for successful marriage. And then they got gender-specific. For instance, 85% of those who stonewall are men. And women feel that's an act of hostility, they said, or it feels unloving. Most women criticize and complain, moving toward the husband to connect. But men, after a while, begin to think, you know, this criticism just feels like contempt for who I am. 
So it's interesting. She seeks to do the caring thing as interpreted as, as contemptuous. He seeks to do the honorable thing. Men withdraw and shut down because their heartbeats get to 99 beats per minute. They're trying to calm themselves down physiologically, but it's viewed as an act of hostility. And so that dynamic happens among men and women in marriage. But in, it happens in a similar way, coincidentally, yeah. with our parenting. Oh, yeah. And that's so big. And, and here's the thing I want to do for people today, because I know you can get them there. But because you counsel people, you, um, you know, you, you get people in your office and you counsel them in, in this regard. And you have many years of, of experience as a counselor. I want to do two things today, because I have been listening to you for years now. And I have heard you say things like, you know, you, you have to show your husband respect in these in these ways or you should show him respect or this is how he receives respect. And then and then he will also show love. And, and this is, by the way, how you receive love. And this is the kind of love you need. And all that stuff is great. But I've never completely learned to change my habits. And so we are like a, a character study and exactly what you just described is my husband stonewalls and then he doesn't talk to me. And mind you, I've known him since I was four. So I've been dealing with this for 46 years, him stonewalling and me getting offended and feeling completely unloved. And then it's the stupid, crazy cycle. And we've been on it for 46 years since nursery school. So what can I do to change myself habitually? And then secondly, same thing with the family. We now have a teenage son and a preteen daughter. So we're dealing with the teenage issues where that respect thing really comes into play. And I forget to go back to your lesson, which is maybe you're not loving him. Maybe he's not feeling you know, your love for him. So he's not respecting you. So I want you to work with us today when we come back from the break on how do we stop how do we stop the cycle because I always listen to you and then I never quite put it into practice so are you willing to help me there's no hope for you <laughs> yes yes I'd love to okay love to and hopefully you'll be helping our audience and Shelly <laughs> Shelly needs help too okay we'll be right back with the rest of Channel Mom These days, couples will work for just about anything, from communication Hello. to companionship, from fun Whee! to love, from passion Mwah. and purpose to good old intimacy. <gasps> what are you willing to work for? For a better marriage, come to a relationship workshop sponsored by the Colorado Healthy Marriage Project. To learn more, visit mary-well.org or call 720-488-8888 because relationship education works. Funding provided by U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, ACF Grant 90, FE 51. Any opinions, findings, and conclusions are those of the author. If you are a mom who wants your kids to grow up and love going to the dentist, then I have to tell you about Pediatric Dental Group of Colorado. As a one-time patient myself and now the mother of patients, I know firsthand they understand the unique needs of children, especially when it comes to the subject of dentistry. Dr. Strange and Dr. Cathers not only care about making the dental visit fun and rewarding, they also strive to help children learn to be good dental patients. They do this by coaching the child and the parent, encouraging good oral health care, and providing high-quality dental treatment. This is accomplished in a fun and child-friendly atmosphere. All of the pediatric dentists and orthodontists have two years of additional training beyond dental school. They are board certified and specialized in the dental care of infants, children, and young adults. The dental team is uniquely qualified to take care of your child during their dental visit. The Pediatric Dental Group is proud to have locations in Arvada, Wheat Ridge, Lakewood, Lafayette, and Evergreen. You have to find out more, and you can do so at pediatricdentalgroupco.com.
Okay, we are back with Channel Mom. So glad to have you. Shelly and I are a little hot in the studio, and I don't mean in a pretty way. Like, we think we're pretty. I mean, like, we're both... Jorge says we're both flashing. <laughs> I know. We're both perimenopausal. Yeah. Perhaps Dr. Eggerich can help us with that. Um, all right. So we are back with the... the I shouldn't say infamous, because that means a bad thing. The famous Dr. Emerson Eggerich. Of course, the best-selling author of Love and Respect something that has really helped save a lot of marriages, the theory and uh, the book as well. And of course they also have conferences and then love and respect in the family is his most recent book. Uh, the subtitle is the love children need. And he's going to help you with that today. That the question I put to him before we went to break uh, had to do with the fact that I've been learning from him for years so I can see what he's talking about theoretically unfold in my family. I know you can too, Shelly. And I can see my husband Stonewall. I can see me feeling unloved and him feeling disrespected. I mean, it's like clockwork. And you said the same thing where if I say something in public, which is kind of questioning his knowledge, authority his or, authority, yeah. yeah, he gets mad. And by, mind you, he grew up in the 80s, which was like super uber liberated. And he still gets mad when I like, you well, know, he's a man. Yeah. I mean, it's the way God designed him. So I watch it and I watch the same thing with my children that when they're feeling just or no. When they're feeling unloved, they disrespect me. I mean, it's just incredible. It, the theory is there's just nothing about them that isn't true, I don't think. I mean, just they're true. So so I am so fond of Dr. Eggerich and, and his wife, Sarah, and, and their daughter, Joy, who's going to join us tomorrow because of the theory they're bringing to the rest of us. Okay, we have about 14 minutes left in the show, and I know Dr. Eggerich is going to be able to help, help us with the questions we have. Welcome back to Channel Mom, Dr. Eggerich. Yes. No, thank you. Thank you. Yes, we're glad to have and you. And to your question, I think that, First of all, we all need to be encouraged that there's not going to be a perfect uh, marriage. I mean, Adam and Eve were perfect, and and uh, and there's no perfect family. I mean, uh, they had Cain and Abel, and we know the story story there. So yeah. we, we've got to somehow have this, uh, what I call the 80-20 rule. 20% of a relationship is going to have trouble, so to speak. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 7.28, if you marry, you have not sinned, but you will have trouble. And then he references earlier that the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does, and the wife doesn't have authority over her own body, but the husband does. He's talking there about the fact that we have equal authority, equal say when it comes to sexual intimacy. Mm -hmm. So on Tuesday night, who decides? And the Lord's answer is yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that if, if the guy wants sex and the wife doesn't want sex, who decides? Yes. That there's going to be a degree of trouble, and we mustn't freak out by that. He has designed trouble for any number of reasons that I won't get into right now, but the Lord does not want us to freak out that when we have tension, when we have conflict, when we have heated fellowship, that does not necessarily mean that we've got a bad marriage or we're not doing marriage in the, in the perfect sense. God doesn't intend for that. Uh, there needs to be a degree of conflict, and I, I'm, I, I need to say that because I think people have a 99% expectation. And if, if God says, you know, kind of accept 80%, then that 19% disillusions them and embitters them. Sure. But if they go into it preparing for this, they relax a little bit more. Oh, Just relax. Good. Tuesday night is coming. Okay. Now, to your point, um, again, it's important to know that there's going to be what we call this criticism withdrawal dynamic. And 85% of those who withdraw during a heated fellowship moment or conflict with marriage is the husband, typically. But my mom withdrew. So it's, it's not absolutely gender-specific, but it leans in that direction. Because women usually move toward the husband to connect, and she confronts to connect. She confronts to talk about whatever it is, and she wants to resolve it. Now, in your case, you talk 100 miles an hour. Even <laughs> It could reach 600 miles an hour. Yeah, probably. And you're, and you're smart, and you're honest and you're humble, you're transparent, and your husband doesn't have a chance. 
Okay, okay, and so, and okay. This, keep going. And so th- what happens, and this is true for a lot of guys, it, you're, you're thinking through. You want to say what's truthful. You're not going to always jump on it. You'll rehearse it in your mind. You're trying to analyze it. And so when you come, you're prepared, and you pull back historically. And what happens with a lot of guys, they just feel overwhelmed. And they know she's a good woman. She's virtuous. They know that they weren't perfect, and she's probably right. And I just don't want to go into this again. And then oh. he wants to say, you know, you're just overly sensitive. Uh, this happens again and again and again. It's not that big of a deal. Or you're trying to change me, and I'm getting worn out. And so I'm just not going to talk about it because if I do talk about it, I'm going to get angry, or I'm not going to win this anyway. And you're going to be right anyway. And you're not going to let this. And, I, and so he doesn't know where to go with it. And she's not trying to be mean-spirited whatsoever. It's that she has this expectation of connectedness, and it's an intuitive sense. She knows when they feel connected and when they don't, but she can't totally measure it. But definitely if she feels that there's something unresolved, then we need to resolve it so that I can feel good about the relationship. Mm -hmm. And that you too then should feel good about the relationship. But the deal is he doesn't feel bad about it in the first place. He was feeling somewhat good until you brought up the fact that it's not good. Yeah. You know, one of the things we talk about is that a woman wants to talk about a relationship on a daily basis. If they've got problems, she wants to talk about those problems on a daily basis to keep the marriage up to date to prevent marital problems. But a guy's feeling, if you're talking about marriage problems on a daily basis, you've got a major marital problem. (laughs) And I always say, who's right? Yes. It just depends on whether you're going to videotape it through blue or pink. But the culture of intimacy today is totally endorsing females. Yes. So if the wife feels that the relationship is not up to date, then he's wrong. And he needs to talk about it, and he needs to talk about it now. But in your case, you bring these skills of verbalization that are par excellence. You're off the charts. You're quick. You're smart. You're honest. You're humble. You're godly. You're biblical. And, and so at a certain point, your husband... He just, it's, what, what's the point of this? And then, and here's what really upsets me you're referring to, if you say, you know, I just wish he was making more money a little bit here or whatever, well, you just humiliated in front of every male. Yeah. You basically said he's not a good protector, he's not a good provider, he's not capable. You know, and women don't intend these comments, but that's the same thing like a guy saying to the small group, pray for my mother, or pray for my wife, she blew up at the kids, she really <laughs> struggles with being a good mother, you know. We would kill the guy. All the women in the group would go after him. But we don't defend males. We have not done a good enough job analyzing what men are feeling. So I think in in one sense, to the answer to your question, sometimes you don't need to talk about everything you need to talk about. There are some things you can drop. One woman said to me, my dad said to me, honey, are you going to remember this in two hours, two days, two weeks? If not, you know, can I just suggest it's okay. You're not forfeiting the, you're not undermining the feminist team if you don't always bring up everything. Some things you can let go. And I'm going to tell you something. Your husband is not holding it against you. He's not a woman. He doesn't even remember it two weeks from now. And that's a strength that he has. You don't like it because he can't remember things and you do. At the same time, that's the front-sided strength of a bat-sided weakness. He really does drop it. He really does move on. And sometimes you need to learn that from him. Yeah. But now here's the last point, and then I'll let you jump in on it. Okay. The criticism withdrawal thing is not going to go away. 
And so the key here is to, for women who are listening, to let your husbands know that you're not criticizing him because you're trying to use this topic as an opportunity to send him a message that you despise him, that you don't respect him. Instead, say, do you understand that I'm bringing this up because I feel insecure? I have a need that only you can meet. I need something from you that only you can give to me. And do you understand I just need reassurance that you love me and that everything's okay between me, uh, between us? I'm not trying to be uh, disrespectful. Can you trust my heart? That's important to sin. Many women have not sinned it. Instead, yeah. they roll their eyes. They have disgust. They speak words of disrespect, all from the standpoint of motivating him to turn to her and say, oh, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? <laughs> when he wants to run the other way because he feels like he's been disrespected. Disrespected. Because men don't operate the way women do. No, women they don't. will do that. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, and Shelly, I'm so sorry. Oh, I didn't know that. I said that. Please forgive me. Oh, will you forgive me? Will you forgive me? Will you forgive me? I'm so sorry. Okay. But men in our world, you don't see men talking to each other that way. No. That's gross. And so you yeah, have to understand what, what, how we're processing these conversations and not personalize it to the extent that would be normal. I'm in total defense. And when I talk to men, I help them understand her heart. But on this side, most of whom are listening to women, I want you to understand on this side of the equation Drop the issue if it's not that big of a deal, and he's not going to hold it against you. You're a, a mature woman of God. You don't have to talk about everything until you feel good, because particularly if he starts feeling horrible on the heels of all these things, maybe some of this needs to be let go. Okay. Definitely to let him know you're not bringing this up because you're trying to send him a message you don't respect him. But get a little humble and say, I actually have a need that only you can meet, and actually honor him as you're attempting to communicate to him that you need his love. Okay. First of all, I'm going to tell you something very surprising. Actually, no, I'm not going to tell you at first. First, I'm going to say, I did not send Dr. Emerson Egerich a paycheck to say all those incredible, nice things about me. That's number one. Number two, I have something very surprising to tell you. Despite the fact that you talk about how I talk 600 miles an hour and I always have to say what I want to say and I'm really smart about it and I just have to get my words in. <laughs> I've actually changed. In the last five to 10 years, I withdraw like your mother did. And I, I don't say anything. And the interesting thing about that is when I do withdraw, I am fuming and I'm practicing every little thing I want to say to him in my head and I'm thinking about how unfair it all is and how I'm never getting loved cleaning. and I respect yes and I'm cleaning and, and whatever okay so I actually do withdraw but here's the interesting thing I did it the other day I withdraw I withdrew and I thought all these awful things about him and all the horrible things I wanted to say um but I withdrew anyway and then when I finally had the courage to say something it came out much better you know three days later and most of it I had dropped by mind you and it was oh, the only thing left I think was money so I brought up money but you know what I said I said, I just want you to, to, I just want to ask you, how can I be your helpmate in this situation? Can you just tell me how I can help you? Because I know thus and such about this money. Okay. And it changed everything. Instead of me going, well, by the way, I just discovered da -da 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 about the finances. You know, you know what I'm saying? And so I couldn't believe how it changed everything. Did I do well? Well, yeah. You did. You get an A+. Plus. No, I mean, a couple thoughts here that are excellent. A absolutely, you did well. And I think, again, to the last point, when somehow women feel they're losing power or influence or they're going to be kind of a doormat still, if somehow they say, how can I 
be of help to you, or can you understand my need for you? Men have a, men literally would die for their wives, and that's a great virtue. And they need to know that you need them. They yeah. don't need that because they're narcissistic any more than you need affirmation that you're a good mother when you know that you were just a crab. Yeah. You know, but there comes a moment when you get in tune with a person's deepest longings, and you discern those deepest longings. You never say to a woman or mother that she's a bad mother because that's not true. I mean, that is just not true. Yeah. So you continue to affirm that deepest desire, even though she failed and she was young and everybody. No husband needs to ever say she's a horrible mother because she's not. Yeah. I got my Ph.D. In, on dissertation on father, and as I reference, Sarah is a hundred times better parent than I am. And so you, you have to then understand. So, too, every man is designed by God to die for a woman. There is a, a nobility within him, and you need to honor that and appeal to that strength, that desire sure. to help, that desire to protect, that desire to provide, and appeal to him. How can I, and even as the helpmate you're talking about, how can I come alongside and help you? How can I be to you what you need? I certainly need reassurance here about something. I feel vulnerable. I need your strength. I need your wisdom right now. Yeah, Those are words that do not in any way undermine your power. His respect. Now, but another point. Hold on. You have a, just withdraw- so you know, you have a minute and a half left, and I want you to be able yeah, to promote okay. to people where you're going to go. Okay. All right. Withdrawing doesn't mean you can do it with an attitude. Okay. Okay. That was it. Wow. And that was. He picked, <laughs> men, men are not dumb. You're not saying it. He just knows you're withholding. Yeah, okay, and that's so true. He knows. So you've got to develop a different spirit. Okay. We talk about that. There's got to be a, a gentle, quiet spirit, remember? That means you've got to give this over to Christ. You can't hold on to this. But every woman gets upset, she starts vacuuming. Yeah. That you get out that energy. It's, I've watched it's, women. They just start backing in. And they didn't, you know. I do clean. I do clean. Okay. Dr. Eggerich, you're one of my favorites. Uh, we did not get to love and respect in the family, but we will tell folks we're going to have you on again so you can talk about how to diffuse these situations with your kids so they can feel love and they can respect you in return. How do people find you, your conferences, and your materials? Loveandrespect.com. And also, as I mentioned, in the last 25 weeks, our Facebook exploded a half a million new followers yeah. because we're giving out free content every day and uh facebook it's uh, love and respect media but they can just go to our loveandrespect.com and then look for the icons and facebook and go there and see all the free blogging sarah's blogging we are thrilled i mean it's exploded worldwide that's all it should uh so you can also find about their conferences there as well and i'm going to tell you about dr egrich's daughter joy coming up and the big question i'm going to ask her when you stay tuned for that but in the meantime god bless you and sarah thank you so much for being on the show doctor Thank you. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. All righty. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Jenny, and I want to introduce you to my friend, Michelle Walters. She's a mom to three kids, so she understands that when you buy a home, you want a place where your family can build beautiful memories. As a real estate broker, Michelle can help you find the place you love coming home to, the right home at the best price. Whether you want to buy or sell, start your home search with Michelle Walters at SuburbanDenverProperties.com. You can also find Michelle's weekly blog, The Thinking Mom, on ChannelMom.com. These days, couples will work for just about anything, from communication to companionship, from fun to love, from passion and purpose to good old intimacy. What are you willing to work for? For a better marriage, come to a relationship workshop sponsored by the Colorado Healthy Marriage Project. To learn more, visit mary-well.org or call 720-488-8888 because relationship education works. Funding provided by U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, ACF Grant 90, FEW 51. Any opinions, findings, and conclusions are those of the author. 
Dr. Egerich's daughter, Joy, on the show tomorrow. And believe it or not, she's going to tell us what did not make sense to her about her dad's book when it came to relationships and what she and her friends disagreed with on the next Channel Mom. In the meantime, Mom, God bless you. Thank you for all you do to raise your children well. Have a great evening. <laughs>